0: Hey there, I'm Mike. Some of you know me from the Twisted Cape. Some of you know me because I feel more humble than Dikemai Motombo after a stumble left him covered in a big pot of gumbo. But regardless of how you know me, you know I love comics, and that's what we talk about on this podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Mike's Big Stack. Oh hell yeah my thickies, welcome to the show everyone, recording this week at the Great Plains of Thickness. I've been really looking forward to this new comic book day since I last saw the uh, the list of titles that are dropping, there's some really big titles this week. Uh, before we get started, just a couple quick shout outs, what up Ashford, Virginia, I see you Dublin, Ireland, hey all you people in California from San Fran to San Jose, and thanks to all the PA listeners that are that are going on out here. We appreciate it. Uh, we also got a message from someone who said uh, they were experiencing some bullying. And at uh, the Twisted Cape, we say bullying is never cool. Those bullies can go pound sand and we have your back. That's from all of us, Tevil. Uh, as always, we start by rating the thickness of my stack. So let's shake them hips and salsa over to Mike's thickometer. meter Oh, yeah, my thickometer. Thick like a spoonful of peanut butter. This week clocks in at an eight out of ten on my thickometer. Uh, the exact opposite of last show. This is a Marvel-heavy week uh, with some hotly anticipated titles from both companies. Like I mentioned at the start of last week's show, I'm also including uh, DC's Dead Planet number one and Marvel's X number four in this week as well. We'll get to work by starting with the Marvel books. Starting with Amazing Spider-Man number 44. I give this a three and a half out of five. It's a standalone prelude for the Sins Rising arc. It shows just how bad things are about to get for Peter and the other spiders. It's kind of like a dream sequence wrapped in a dream sequence. And it's really fun to read. We get to spend some time with uh, Overdrive, who's a fun villain for me to see pop up from time to time. Uh, and peter's also clearly struggling with some stuff around mj he's worried about her and he really wants to propose to her but based on the dream that he has uh it's a cool story and if if sins rising matches the tone of this at all it's going to be amazing i kind of can't wait to read it uh avengers 34 I gave this a four and a half out of five i mean if you expected anything else For me, an Avengers book written by Jason Aaron with an arc starring Moon Knight. You were crazy. Moon Knight really just uh, continues his campaign of being the fist of Khonshu here. But it isn't without his doubts. He, he questions everything about his motives and whether or not he's doing the right thing. I really love how this story's been plotted so far, and the real heroism of Mooney shines through while never forgetting that this is an Avengers book. It, Jason Aaron does a really good job of uh, making sure that he includes everybody, a little bit of everything. There's a badass section in here with Mephisto and Mjolnir. I, I won't ruin it for you, but if you ever see that page, you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And this issue offers a bit of backstory to show how uh, Moon Knight started to, you know, get ready to take over the Avengers, take their powers, uh, and there's a there's a great standoff with Moon Knight and Black Panther as well. If <laughs> they were about to throw down, and uh, Black Panther makes this thing about like, oh, that Ankh, yeah, I guess it's the only way you can fight me. And Marco's to take it off, and uh, things pop off, and, well, he has to leave. So I think we are going to get a Black Panther Moon Knight showdown later on down the line. Uh, Moving on, Captain Marvel number 17. I give this a 4 out of 5. It's another standalone book leading up to the Empire crossover, uh, which shows Carol and a group of her friends, Jessica Drew, uh, Hazmat, Logan, uh, Ms. Marvel... There are a couple of characters in there as well, Uh, and they're just having a game night. It starts out with poker, but Kamala, being who she is, can't gamble, so she brings a whole bunch of her own games to play. She also uh, takes them out to an escape room just to kind of get them out of the house. (laughs) Spider-Woman talks about needing real pants and just great jokes built into that point. And they stop this guy called the Nexus. Turns out he was hurting people. And then they end up doing a basically quizzo night. Uh, it was a fun. It was a fun story, man. It was just it just moved really well, developed quickly, and, and like while they may have been in some danger, it was never like clear that they were really, really, really in trouble. All right, uh, moving to Empire Number One. I gave this a four and a half out of five. This right here is my Marvel book of the week. The story set up a conflict between those of Earth and the new kree Scroll alliance based off of a bunch of stuff from the number zeros that we've covered in the last couple of weeks. But the Kotati are the clear enemy here. You don't see it until it's too late. It's a great start to an event series. It really, really, truly surprised me with how good it was. The art was crisp. I loved it. And I loved the way they, they interspersed the narration between Tony Stark, who's doing, who's working on mental recordings, and Reed Richards, who's kind of doing the same. And, you know, there's, there's parts where they realize, oh, man, we might have fucked up. Uh, well, Tony realized he might have fucked up, and then he realized he's definitely fucked up. Um, and we just, it's just going to be interesting to see how this really explodes moving forward, because it looks like the Katati have the absolute advantage here. Uh, I'm very excited to continue to read this. Uh, next up, we have Fantastic Four Empire number one. I gave it a three out of five. It's a fun tie-in, but it's far from critical uh, to the main story so far. I like it because it puts Franklin and Valeria with Wolverine and Spider Man, and it, one one of those two uh, grinds on the other's nerves pretty pretty hard. I'll let you guess which one it is. That's because one doesn't shut up. And it's it's a very fun read, um, but it doesn't seem like at this point it's critical. There's a whole bunch of Cree scroll action in here as well, uh, and it kind of it ties into Empire. So if you're if you're buying both, I would read Empire number one first and then read Fantastic Four Empire number one. You just don't want to get it all out of control here. Next up, uh, Giant Size X Men Magneto number one. I gave that a three out of five. I Like the Nightcrawler issue. This could have been, this could wind up being more important later down the line, but just, it just was a self contained story. The thing that really stuck out to me here was the Namor and Magneto dynamic, which is one that we should be able to explore much more later. I don't care how we do it. I think those two paired together is fantastic. I also really enjoy the pairing of Emma Frost and Magneto. There's just a lot of of play there um, because they both have anti-hero tendencies i suppose uh, and, and watching them talk and hang out together is is kind of amazing the book just didn't do a ton for me we'll see when this whole when the whole thing wraps up how it how it looks in retrospect up next we have guardians of the galaxy number four and i gave it a two and a half out of five after the last issue i guess i was hoping for something a little different it just long long story short it just seems like the book's going to be devolved into becoming a guardians versus guardians book like like avengers versus west coast avengers. And I'm not sure I'm exactly in love with that concept. The reason I come to guardians one is for the characters and two is for big cosmic adventure and it just seems kind of small right now and that's disappointing for me. Uh, next up immortal hulk number 35 I gave this a four out of five. This issue really breaks down uh, Bruce Banner's uh, dissociative identity disorder and-, and shows why each persona of the Hulk matters. So you have Banner, obviously, Joe Fixit, who's now in Banner's body but not as Gray Hulk. You have Devil Hulk, who's been like the center of this Immortal Hulk series. He's kind of been, you know, a little bit evil, uh, but he's necessary. You also have what they call. It's like the Toddler Hulk speaks in broken sentences. He smashes things. It's the one that most people know. And then you have the Warrior Hulk, the Planet Hulk Hulk. And he takes over when he's necessary, but not always. This book was super cool to see because, you know, everybody's trying to show Hulk appreciation for what he did against Is Zenmu? Genmu? Not sure. We'll figure that out later and how he can rebuild his public image. But there is a very real, very tense moment between Bruce Banner and Betty as she's trying to say, hey, I can't stay here. I'm cooped up. And he's like, turn back into Betty. I just want to talk. I want to see my wife. And she's like, this is who I am now. And she winds up storming off. And then the leader makes his move as the Hulk is you know, doing that, that public appearance. Rick touches Banner and... Basically, Banner explodes, and it's uh, it's a precarious way to end an issue, and I can't wait to see where the next one goes. Just very good. If there's a series that you want to get just as a standalone series, that's the one. Buy that book. Next up, I have Marvel's X Number Four. I gave this a four out of five. I just loved how the story developed, is centering on this kid David. There's a lot of Spider-Man in here, so. No- Obviously, I'm in love with the book. There's some, there's some good Daredevil, there's some awesome Luke Cage in here who's taken over the role as a cop, which is very very fun. The Avengers, Fantastic 4, it's just it's a very big book in a very tight package. It was very fun to read. Uh, I'd recommend it especially if you like Alex Ross art. Not just the painted stuff that did he does for covers, but his interiors as well. And finally, Spider-Woman number 2. Uh, I gave that a 3 out of 5. It's a tale of spy work starting to continue here, but it neglects a lot of Jess's supporting cast. She has a lot of friends that that were made reference to in the first issue and just doesn't do that for this issue. And that's kind of an odd move for me. I'm not sure I love the plot direction either. There are points where she's trusting somebody that it doesn't make sense for her to trust. That's illogical and it's acknowledged in the book that it's illogical, which gave it some points back for me. But it's just, it's, eh. Eh, we'll see I have a lot of, I have high hopes for this book and I'm, I'm hoping it, it really comes through alright we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and hit those DC titles hey everybody it's Mike from the Twisted Cape do you like wasting time at work we do uh, if, if you want to waste some time at work hopefully not get caught you should check out thetwistedcape.com we have a bunch of satire stuff we have some opinion stuff some review stuff a whole bunch of stuff and other stuff as well Uh, We have some contest stuff and some other fun stuff. Make sure you check it out uh, at your leisure at any time you want. www.thetwistycape.com We'll see you there. Stay twisted. And we're back hitting these DC titles up. Starting with DC's Dead Planet number one. Remember, it was supposed to come out last week, but didn't get included in my pull list. So I'm going to call this a four and a half out of five. This is my DC book of the week. And I want to start out by saying, damn you, Tom Taylor. This dude knows how to straight up rip your heart out after making you care about something for like 26 pages. This book just made me see excited to see how low he takes us, but also really afraid. So Damien and John and Cassie are out being... Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman respectively out in space on their New Earth Earth 2, uh a signal goes out from Earth from Cyborg. He they come back to rescue him and Wonder Woman shows up and she takes Ollie. Um which is the thing that rips your heart out and as as Black Canary is going to or Green Canary, I don't know, cuz she has a Green Lantern ring now. Who knows? Uh, as she's going to kill wonder woman with this like god killing sword that uh, was given to ollie that was taken back now john hears uh, cyborg basically tell him hey there's a cure and he stops uh black canary green canary whatever you want to call her from killing wonder woman uh, because he's heard cyborg say there's a cure just an excellent book i'd highly recommend that you read it Uh, check it out if you get the opportunity uh, next death metal number two three and a half out of five good but not great this issue is exposition heavy and that's not a bad thing It also remind it served as a reminder to get batman back on track from wonder woman just not a whole lot of true development in this issue to me with the exception of the fact that uh the batman who laughs is now in dr manhattan's body with them dr manhattan's powers after we thought he was killed last week or in la- the last issue and he's now going by the darkest night being a a servant of perpetua just just a cool development and i'm i can't wait to see where it goes next up uh, justice league number 49 i gave this a 2 out of 5 wonder woman continues to be the anchor for this book uh the rest of the league behaves so out of c- character that it's truly confusing If not for Batman paying attention and Wonder Woman being who she is to this book, uh, this story would be an absolute drag. I will say I wish the author would write a Wonder Woman book because he clearly understands that character so well. Next up we have Nightwing number 72. I gave this a 4 out of 5. We finally see the fallout from Joker making dick his. I'm not rephrasing it. It's staying how it is. We also see Punchline show up and take on Babs as well. And Babs is actually summoned to Bloodhaven or Bloodhaven uh, by B early in the issue. Uh, and the issue ends with Dick revealing that he's supposed to kill Babs. It's, it's an interesting take, and it makes the lead into Joker War quite intriguing, especially ending with Joker still having the crystal that brainwashed Dick and taking both Punchline and Nightwing under his arm. Finally here, Teen Titans number 43. I gave this a three and a half out of five. I really like this book. Uh, Robin is turning into almost an anti-hero, unafraid to kill villains for being pieces of shit. And the Teen Titans have tracked him and are really just trying to stop him from being a murderer. I just love this this turn for Damien. It's super cool for me. And there's also a, like a a page, each of the last like three issues, with Batman, Um, I'm not sure where that's going. I'm hoping it pops up. But Alfred's death is really being felt and dealt with in this book more than any other book, I would suppose. All right, that said, that's all I really have for this week. Uh, No interview, but I am assembling a list and starting a schedule. If you want to be on the show, just hit me up at SpiderMike29 on Twitter. Uh, You can send me a message or just write straight with tagging me in there. Looking ahead the next week, I'm looking forward to reading, if my sources are still accurate, uh, Batgirl number 47 and Batman number 95. We just talked about Joker War, and I think it's really going to kick in a high gear uh, with these two titles. Uh, on the Marvel end, I'm looking forward to reading Amazing Spider-Man, Sins Rising, Prelude number 1, uh, because we talked about that story a little bit here, Daredevil number 21, as well as Empire number 2. Those are all just premier books here. That's all the time we have for this week. Of course, make sure you subscribe to The Twisted Cape on your favorite podcast platform. We're now on Stitcher as well. Uh, We're at The Twisted Cape. No spaces on every social media platform. Facebook, the Gram, Twitter, as well as YouTube. Make sure you drop us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. We love the feedback. Make sure you tune in weekly on Wednesday to The Twisted Capes live show, The Fun Time bonanza, extravaganza, whatever Sam called it this week, uh, on Facebook and YouTube and live in them comments. We go over them during and at the end of each show. Finally, feel free to shoot us some feedback on the show to twistedcape at gmail.com. Make sure you use the subject line MTS. Thanks for tuning in. So until next time, they say I'm a 10, but I'm an 8 at best. Plus 2 says you, not me, because I'm so humble. Stay safe, stay twisted. It's stuff. The-